0: Welcome back to the Good Earth Podcast. This is Jake Martin again with Christians on Campus, and today I'm here with Danny Kane. It's good to be back again. We just like to go ahead and jump right in. The water's fine, so we're we're ready to go. Um, this is our last week co- covering this topic of Christ revealed. So we were going through all the Old Testament, just seeing how the Apostle Paul could have proved that Jesus was a Christ just using the scripture that at that time was just the Old Testament. He was in the process of writing the New Testament. So we we also have the same, same Scripture, same Holy Spirit, and it's so wonderful to see Christ revealed in so many awesome aspects. He's the prophet to speak for God. He's the priest, the high priest of God, ministering God to us. He's the king, the real king, yeah. not just an earthly king, but even the heavenly king. He's the Son of God, and, and today we'd just like to move on to see him as the Man of Sorrows. We'll be looking at the the Book of Isaiah.
1: Yeah, it's good as you said that. You know, we we've, we've been covering all these different aspects of Christ revealed in the Old Testament, and that the Apostle Paul and even um, Apollos it tells in the New Testament they use the Scriptures. The Old Testament scriptures to prove that Jesus was the Christ. They made it very clear with this, and as we've been going through this, we've even seen like how the Jews were looking forward to the Christ. So it was always there on their 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 mind, or looking forward, the Christ is coming, or the Messiah is coming. So they had this view of one coming. Some of the aspects of this one coming were were more relevant to them at the time. We kind of mentioned the, him being the king, him being the prophet, but other ones what maybe wasn't so at the forefront in their consideration. They were there in the scriptures and could be very much used to prove, but it wasn't something that was at the forefront like, we can't wait until the coming one comes and is the man of sorrow and bears our nickel. This one wasn't Another one of these aspects that wasn't so um, clear to a lot of the Jews at that time, but was very much there in God's word, pointing forward to the coming one. And when he comes, he will be this. And as Christians today, we can be so happy. We are so happy that he came as the man of sorrow. I mean, even this title is not very pleasant, (laughs) And it's not very something you're like, oh, man, of sorrow. But for us, it's so sweet he came in this way. And so we just want to jump into this even by mainly we're going to be in Isaiah and covering some of these verses. And so maybe even just to kick it off, I'll start with Isaiah 53, 3, which says he was despised and forsaken of men. And this is that word, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And so, this even gives us this word. When this one came, he would be despised, forsaken, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. This just portrays the Lord's life. Just. Even he wasn't his from his birth, he was born in a manger in a lowly way, even fleeing persecution from a babe, growing up in Nazareth, a despised region. The way he grew up, and then all the way until his death on the cross, he was one despised, one forsaken, and one who knew sorrow and was acquainted with grief.
0: I like that you're bringing this out, Danny, because. I agree. It just seems like we can't really even blame the Jews that much that they would not want to regard this portion of the Word as much as Him coming as the King, because it's like, well, how can I really get excited about Mm -hmm. (laughs) my Savior coming in a weak way? Like, how am I supposed to get behind that? It's almost as if they didn't even read any of these verses, but we just see this in the Lord, the Lord growing up, like you mentioned, in Nazareth, and even those in Nazareth They watched him grow up Mm -hmm. from a uh, a babe all the way until he came back and was speaking. And they're like, hey, this is just the carpenter's son. Like, how is he able to do anything? You know, we know his brothers, we know his sisters. And the Lord said, a prophet is not without honor except in his home country. People elsewhere could recognize Mm -hmm. something was different about him, something about his words, his way. But in Nazareth, he's just little Jesus, you know, who cares? The carpenter's son kind of kind of thing. And so you have verse 1 in Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? Mm. To whom has the arm of Jehovah been revealed? He's got to be mm. revealed to you because if he's not revealed to you, you're only going to see the outward things and you're going to miss this wonderful person who, who came in a, in a lowly and hidden way.
1: Yeah, and this was something even those close to Jesus, his disciples, miss this aspect of him because they picked up, and we mentioned this before, they picked up, "This is the King, yes, the King." And you know, when are you going to restore Israel? When are you going to come in in this kind of way? But even Jesus, when he was with his disciples, he tells them more than once that he's going to need to suffer and he's going to need to die in an unpleasant way and be treated miserably by the chief priest by all the scribes by the Sanhedrin he describes to them kind of what he's going to have to go through but this just passes right over their head they don't they don't pick it up they don't realize this too according to the prophecy according to the coming one he had to fulfill in for good reason, he had to fulfill. Because if he didn't fulfill this, there would be no hope. No hope for any of the disciples, anyone at that time, anyone of the Jews who, of God's people that had passed before him, any one of us that came after, there would be no hope for any of us if he was not such a one, the man of sorrows, the one who would suffer in the way that he did. And even It goes on in verse four, surely he has bore our sickness and carried our sorrows, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. I'm just going to go on to verse five as well. But he was wounded because of our transgressions. He was crushed because of our iniquities and the chastising for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were we have been healed. And Jake, do you want to just pick up on these verses?
0: Yeah, I just think these verses are so touching, you know, like we all if you were raised in a Christian home, we've all heard the gospel, the wonderful good news that the Lord Jesus died for our sins. And we are just very aware at different times that we're sinners and We just thank the Lord for his forgiveness and his mercy. But when you can take some time and just consider what what the Lord had to endure, he didn't just like snap his fingers and then he's on the cross and it's peaches and daisies and then it's all over and boom, it's accomplished. Like he, his whole life was a suffering. Like even for him to be called the man of sorrows, was it just in that moment on the cross that he was bearing our weaknesses? Or carrying our sorrows. I mean, this is he he's God and he's a real man, but he's aware of of every suffering, every sorrow, every weakness, every iniquity. His whole existence, he's aware of these things and he's carrying them. And as he's doing this for us in love, he's so kind to come and be the righteousness of God to take care of this this issue of sin for us. But we ourselves esteemed him stricken you know it's kind of like the ultimate disrespect like here he is for us but we look at him and he's just despised in our eyes and he's smitten of god he's wounded for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities but you know we don't have to like kick ourselves for that we just mm-hmm. say thank you lord jesus yeah. you know you're you're such a wonderful person that you didn't care to be recognized you just care to fulfill god's purpose you care to take care of this issue of sin death everything that was preventing us from enjoying God's life and being in God's purpose all of that is worth it to you because you don't live for yourself you live yeah. for God and you live for his purpose
1: and it's it's so touching that is is the mercy that God had on us because he's he's one who is God, and he'd become a man, and he would come as this one, as the man of sorrow, who would suffer this kind of death on the cross. Because even these verses, right, you know, many of us were familiar, like this is mainly, you know, his whole life was this way as a man of sorrow, but it had a climax that we're probably all familiar. And that's what we pray comes to mind. The climax is when he went to the cross. When he went to the cross, and all that he suffered there on the cross, but maybe I know for me as a Christian, I wasn't even aware of all that he suffered on the cross. I knew he suffered. I knew even the death of the cross was was so painful. But as we go on in in Isaiah and the rest of the New Testament, actually points out of just how much was accomplish and how much suffering he went through on the cross and that this was for us and even going on to the next verse it just shows a picture of us we all like sheep have gone astray each of us has turned to his own way and jehovah has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him so this just this doesn't seem right because it's not like we're good people doing good things, and then he came to be our savior because you know we're, we're so good, but we're we're turning away, we're going our own way, we don't care for God, we're living our own life, living it in sin, living it apart from God, and it doesn't even make sense that we're living in such a way, but then Jehovah, God would cause our iniquity, the iniquity of all of us to fall on Him, that He would go to the cross and all of our iniquities, all of our sins would be placed upon Him.
0: This was a new realization that I had just growing up, knowing that the Lord died for my sins, but I didn't fully understand how that could be possible that the Lord could die, there's a word you can use for this, a vicarious death, meaning mm-hmm. he dies the death that I should have died for my sin. If you take that verse, verse 6, the iniquity of us all to fall on him, it's just that phrase, fall on him. It's as if God took our iniquity and put it like an object on him. Peter uses a, a similar phrase mm-hmm. in First Peter mm-hmm. Two, twenty-four 24 it says who himself bore up our sins in his body on the tree in order that we having died to sins might live to righteousness by whose bruise you were healed so isaiah said the iniquity of us all fell on him and peter said he bore up in his body our sins on the tree so yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of just imagine it's as if you could put like our sins all together and you you think of them as like kind of like an object and it's on him. He's bearing that. And why was he able to bear that? It's because he came as a genuine man. Like yeah. he is God, but he he came in the flesh. He mm-hmm. came as a genuine human being who is touched with the feeling of our weaknesses And He, as the Creator, became the creature, just like us, and He became related to us, yet without sin. Hebrews Mm -hmm. says, yet without sin. Now He goes to the cross. He he is corresponding to us. He has a way to take up all of our sins, past, present, and future, for every person, even people that wouldn't receive Him. All this is, is being put on the Lord but it's just such a wonderful realization to have. It's like the Lord was willing to endure this; He was willing to go undergo that that suffering to be declared fully righteous mm-hmm. in Himself and die on uh, uh, what is the the verse that says the righteous on behalf of the unrighteous. He was the righteous who died on uh, on my behalf, yeah. the unrighteous. All my sins were put on him, and now we have we have peace, we have healing, we have god's life we have his per- we're restored to god's purpose
1: yeah, it's wonderful that he would have such mercy on us, who were undeserving, undeserving of this, but he, the righteous one, the sinless one, would take all of our sins all of our transgressions and would be placed upon him. He would willingly allow all of them to be placed on him. Even this, the, the verse you mentioned, First Peter 2.24, even the verse before it, is, in 22, it says, who committed no sin, as you mentioned, yeah. nor was guile found in his mouth. And he was one who committed no sin. And it goes on. It says, who being reviled did not revile in return. Mm. Suffering he did not threaten, but he kept committing all to him who judges righteously. So even he's there, he has committed no sin, he has done nothing wrong, but he is there being righteously judged, even as you mentioned, Jake, for us, who are sinners, who deserve to be there. And it's not just for one of us, like just for me. He didn't just take my sins. He didn't just take your sins. He took all the sins. All the sins of pra- of past, of present, of the future. All of them at this one time was put upon him. And because of that, God had to judge him. God had to fully carry out his judgment upon sin that had been laid upon him that he bore even in his body. With that, it's like we see as he's on the cross. Actually, something that I know growing up, I wasn't even too familiar with this. I knew he went to the cross, but some of the details concerning when he was on the cross, it's very, very clear and very striking of when God had to come in and judge. And so, we're actually told that he was on the cross for six hours, so it's in mark fifteen twenty five it says now it was the third it was the third hour, and they crucified him so this to our time corresponds to nine a m so he's put on the cross he's being crucified and then in matthew twenty seven 45 it says now from the sixth hour darkness fell over all the land until the ninth hour and so the sixth hour is actually noon or 12 p.m our time and the ninth hour is 3 p.m so he's put on the cross at 9 a.m and he's there until 3 p.m but while he's there on the first part He's there. He's being mocked by men. They're coming up to him. They're, you know, accusing him. They're saying, you know, you saved others. Save yourself. Who, so they're mocking him, and he's just, he's bearing that. But then when it becomes noon, it says darkness falls upon the land. So it's like normally it's day. It becomes dark. And at that moment, all the sin of the world, of all mankind, is then placed upon him. And so it's at that time that God has to judge him because all the sin is put upon him. I don't know if you want to pick up here, Jake.
0: Yeah, I I think it's just really helpful you bringing out those times because the, the word does reveal like exactly how long he was on the cross. And at 12 p.m. it just doesn't make any sense for it to turn dark. You just realize there's something more than just a martyr dying in the hands of other men, a good cause. Some Mm -hmm. people believe the Lord was just a martyr dying for a good cause. That's all it was. And even we as believers who love the Lord, we may only think of how he was beaten and spat on and mocked and the crown of thorns that were driven into his head all this is horrible Mm -hmm. that this our our loving savior who would come to us like this is how he would be treated it it really just breaks our heart but then we kind of forget like this other side that isaiah said he's smitten of god and afflicted Mm -hmm. you know to smite sometimes this word is used in fantasy literature and stuff it's like you use a spell, smite, and it like crushes the, the enemy or, or whatever. And I don't know the, the Webster's di- de- dictionary definition of this word, but it's, it's like that's a strong, you know, kind of a, I don't know if you call it an attack or action that's taken upon the Lord by who? Not just by men, mm-hmm. even by God. And you might wonder wait, 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 wait. This is God's beloved son. Yeah. This is the only begotten. The Father said in Matthew three, "Why, this is my beloved Son, in whom I found my my delight." Why, why would it say that he's smitten of God, or or why later it says that he was, that God was pleased to crush him in Isaiah fifty three yeah. ten. God was pleased to crush him, to afflict him with grief when he makes himself an offering for sin. How, do, how does that make any sense that God would be pleased to crush mm-hmm. him? But what's taking place in the spiritual scene, mm-hmm. we just can't fully comprehend that. We we just see that it got dark at 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. But God is putting all of these things on the Lord. And even the Lord cried out. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, God's presence isn't even with the Lord. He The Lord can't be separated from God, but the Lord is experiencing some distance between Mm -hmm. Him and the Father, whereas He'd never experienced that before Mm -hmm. because God is behind the scenes working out this redemption. He's taking all of the sins. Even 2 Corinthians 5.21 says He's making the Lord sin itself in that moment so He can crucify it, but it's just really something to, it's hard to picture this in your mind, like all this transpiring in, in the Lord while He's on the cross.
1: Yeah, it's like the, the verse you just mentioned, Second Corinthians 5.21 says, Him who did not know sin, He made sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And so Jesus Even as the verses we mentioned before, he did not know sin. He committed no sin, but God made him sin on our behalf. Even that is so strong that the New Testament would tell us. God's word would say he was made. I mean, on the one hand, you're like, whoa, okay, it's a lot. Even that all of our sins was put upon him, that he bore up all of our sins in his body. But whoa, he was made sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him? Because if we see this, we see that not only was our sins put upon him, he bore up our sins, but him being made sin. This caused God to have to judge him, smite him. And even as the verse that Jake mentioned in Isaiah, to crush Him. Because, and this can be hard for us to wrap our mind around, because we know, wait, God is love. God is a God of love. But how could a God of love do this to His own Son? Because, I mean, I, I'm a father, I have a son, he's one year old, and it's like, I can't even imagine... What You know, doing anything harmful like in any way to your son whom you love. And Jake mentioned the verse like we know God was well pleased with his son. He found his delight in him. But he's pleased and he finds his delight in his son. But then also the word of God says he's pleased to crush him. And the, even these words crush him. This is not pleasant words. But God has to judge him because he is made sin and our god is a righteous god because of his righteousness he cannot overlook sin he cannot sweep it under the rug well okay they sin i'll just act like that never happened that's not our god our god is absolutely righteous and he will never never sacrifice who he is in his righteousness he will never stop being righteous. Everything he does is according to who he is in his righteousness. He won't act in a way that's not, not righteous. But at the same time, he's love. But it's so beautiful. We see on the cross, actually, both God's righteousness and God's love, they merge, they come together in one in this scene on the cross. Because here he is. He is righteous and he has to judge sin. But at the same time, he's judging sin on his son who committed no sin, who did nothing wrong. But he would willingly bear up all the sin, all of our sin, all of our iniquity would be put upon him and he would be made sin. And because of that, God would judge him in our stead. He would judge him in our place. So we would not have to bear this kind of judgment of God. It was put upon him. He was judged. And this is God's love. Our God is a God of love. And I thank and praise the Lord that he is a God of love, but he's also righteous. So everything was worked out right here on the cross we can now have redemption. We can now have salvation. We can now have eternal life. We can now enjoy all that God is because He would love us so much and He would still maintain His righteousness that on the cross, He would bear up
0: all of our sins.
1: All this would be placed upon Him.
0: I really like what you were just bringing out, Danny, that this is Even what you shared, that's a Charles Spurgeon quote. I think at one point in one of his sermons on the cross, he just referred to that. This is the only place that in God's wisdom, his love can be fully demonstrated, but also his righteousness is not compromised. He's not saying, oh, because I love you, I'm just going to dismiss your sins. I'm going to fully judge your sins, but also in my love, I'm going to show mercy to you by giving up myself and i feel like this really adds some depth to the verse that most of us are familiar with john 3:16 for god so loved the world yeah. that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes into him would not perish but would have eternal life very easy to quote that verse but you might just kind of miss like i all, all my life i've missed the depth of this verse I could recite it, but I just never really saw like, wow, this is God's love. God's love could have never reached us if Mm -hmm. he would not give his only begotten son. Because without this, his righteousness could not be satisfied. We could never be reconciled to God. The problem of sin and death and everything else that's in us could never have been fully dealt with to, to bring us back to him. So we just really thank the Lord that he could express this love to us and, and give himself up for us.
1: Yeah. And it's it makes us so appreciate that our Lord Jesus, he was the man of sorrow. And He's he's acquainted with grief and affliction. And so it's because we, I mean, we look at our lives and we realize, hey, sometimes life is tough and we go through things and we suffer, but it's not like our God or our Lord does not realize what we go through in the suffering. We, I mean, his name, you know, it's like, this was one of the things as the coming one, as the Christ king, so high, so lofty, but man of sorrow, that's, that's not pleasant. Affliction, but he went through this, and he, and that's why he even tells us in Hebrews, he can be touched with the feeling of our weakness. He knows what we go through, and our sorrow, and our affliction, and the things that we struggle with, because he bore, he bore all the negative things on the cross. Not only, again, not only did he suffer outwardly, absolutely he suffered a horrible death outwardly, physically, in his body. But also he suffered by bearing our sins, being judged by God in our place in that kind of suffering that we don't we can't even imagine what kind. And we don't know. We don't know the level, the depth of suffering and sorrow he went through, even on the cross, more than just even outwardly. The suffering he went through there, but the suffering of bearing the sin of the world upon him. But he did that because he loves us, and that opened up the way. And it's so wonderful that that opened up the way so wide to every single person. And this is the good news. This is the gospel, that it doesn't matter who you are. You can be a thief. You could be a murderer. (sighs) You could be the lowest scum according to the world standard, but now the way is open to you because maybe you're the lowest scum. You've done the worst, filthiest, nastiest things and sins that you have committed. But guess what? Jesus has bore all those sins. He is, all of them have been borne on him, and the price has already been paid. The judgment has already been carried out on Jesus. And so we don't need to bear them. It doesn't matter what you have done. You do not have to bear your sins. The way is open for you all we have to do is believe into him confess lord i am a sinner but lord i accept you lord i thank you for dying on the cross for my sins that you bore all my iniquities they were all placed upon you and god crushed you on my behalf i don't have to suffer that thank you lord i love you and i receive you as my lord and savior And then we receive life. We receive love. We receive life. We receive light. We receive grace. We receive everything is now available to us because of what the Lord did. And again, isn't this so good? This wasn't just a one time, hey, I'm going to do this. This was prophesied. This was in God's heart. All these thousands of years, you have these verses foretelling. You have God's word pointing towards this day when Christ would come as the coming one, to bear all of this, that we would all have the way to be saved and experience his full salvation.
0: Hallelujah. Yeah, this is a one-time offering for sin that he made, but we get to enjoy this every day. You know, like Hebrews says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Yeah. Just turn to the Lord, and we, we can thank the Lord for this this offering every single day and, and, and receive mercy and grace for timely help. It's never too late. If you haven't believed yet, we really encourage you, please pray this prayer that Danny just prayed. Open your heart to the Lord. Receive this, this mercy from the Lord. It's one of the most touching parts of the New Testament to me is one of the thieves on the, the cross mm-hmm. beside him. I don't know how old that man was, but his whole life he was a sinner and identified as a thief by the Bible. And then he's even mocking the Lord on the cross. But at the very end, he had a turn and he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord said, truly, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. So if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for any of us. Yeah. Uh, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, just, just turn your heart to the Lord, receive his forgiveness but maybe we could just end, end our podcast here on, on this sweet note. It's not just for us to know that the Lord is the man of sorrows. We get to enjoy Him as the man of sorrows. We get to say, thank you, Lord yeah. Jesus, for this uh, this death that you suffered for my sake. So we'll just send you away with that. I hope you all have a good rest of your day today, enjoying the Lord's mercy, and we'll see you again for the next episode. If you like what you heard and would like to hear more, Please like, share, subscribe to, and review this podcast.